Yeah. Hi. David Essex here. This is our Everest. Greetings, culture hunters. Culture vultures. Culture vultures. Vultures to culture. And welcome back to This Is Our Everest, a programme to remind you that sitting at home with everything ever made at your beck and call isn't necessarily the worst thing that could possibly happen. You could have Rolf Harris sitting next to you. Or you could be watching Les and Dustin's laughter show. You could be. Which is what we've done. Yeah. This particular episode was the first episode of the third series and it aired on the 28th of December 1985. Now, obviously, there is an elephant in the room here. There is. Which is anyone who knows the story of the uh, double act, Les Dennis and, and Dustin G. It's definitely G. G. Will be aware that four days after this was broadcast, he suffered a massive heart attack while he was in Panto in Southport and expired a few days afterwards. Now, the, what this meant was that the announcer at the end of the programme who said the next episode would be in a fortnight was, in fact, incorrect. Yeah, so I, they, I thought that when I saw the closing titles. He said, no, Les and Dustin will be back in 14 days' time. And I thought, no, they fucking won't, mate. But they, they, did, they, did, put, they did put the rest of the series out. Yeah, because it was all it was all in the it was all in the tank. I think it's well. I think um, I I think it's the right thing to do. You say you know it was it was their third series. Well, yeah, and it was all there. Yeah, so there was only only one reason why you would um, not put it out, and that's if they were recording it every week. Yeah, yeah, which is also our excuse. Yeah. So if one of uh, us is if one of us is replaced by someone who sounds a bit like that person, <laughs> it's definitely not Les Dennis because Les Dennis doesn't sound a bit like anybody. Look, I mean, I'm older than Dustin. Uh, Dustin G was when he died. Yes. So you know, I'm in I'm in no position to laugh. Again, I mean, this is a, this is a common theme that will run run throughout these podcasts, but. There is an air of seniority about people from TV at that time where you do think, are they really only this old? And I think he was 43, I think he, I think he was. I think he was 43 when he died, I think. It is worth bearing in mind, and we should kind of, you know, briefly go over the fact that at that particular time, this third series, Dustin G was the alpha male of that particular group. You know, oh, yeah. he was... He, he, um, I, I wouldn't go so far as one of the uh, YouTube comments, um, which uh, I will come back to later because I don't actually have them immediately to hand. But God, I will do in a minute, and then you'll find out what people actually think about <laughs> Dustin fucking G. Um, but uh, but he was. Uh, but I I do think that he was considered the uh, the senior. Of the, oh uh, um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Of the pair, uh, and he was he was a very successful sort of um, nightclub 
comic on the scene. Largely, he was known as an impressionist. And I, you get the feeling that Les Dennis obviously struck up some friendship and working relationship with Dustin G. And he was then foist into having to, you know, chip in with whatever impressions that he could do. Which it turns out is no impressions. This uh, comment from... This is only from a year ago by YouTube okay. user Red Devil 9 Thanks for it's tuning in. It's good to in. know that somebody else has watched this and it wasn't just us. Yeah. Um, this has actually been viewed on YouTube uh, 6,741 times. So there you go. Wow. Um, Dustin was amazingly talented. His impersonations were top drawer. I think he would have gone on to bigger and better things and become an international star. He could easily have transitioned to films later on, as we've seen several British comedians do. We lost a good one there. Well. I th- now, I think that's overstating the case slightly, but then you've got to also give a big old, big kudos there to G-Man Meacham, who replied, I know, so sad, pity they do not make classic TV like this anymore. Imagine the uproar from the snowflakes. <laughs> Yeah. Because you are never more than one step removed from an old person calling someone a snowflake without really understanding what that means on social media. I mean, this is a very, it's a very traditional British comedy variety show. Yeah, I mean, this is what they call an end of the pier show, isn't it? Yeah, there, there are sketches there's stand-up there's a duologue there are a couple of musical numbers there's a musical guest they have murray head oh is that who is that who it was one night in bangkok and i'll tell you why i say that because i didn't fucking introduce him and they didn't even they didn't they have didn't. his name on the closing credits either <laughs> it was just some bloke you must have you you must have googled that because they made no reference oh, yeah, to who to. he was I could be the first person to find it out. I'm the first person in 35 years to actually realise who I liked, there was a lyric Uh, in it which I thought was quite good. Was it the funniest bit of the whole programme? More or less. Oh yeah, it was, um, yeah. I get my kicks above the waistline, sunshine. (laughs) True. I thought that was quite funny. I don't know whether it was meant to be or, or, or how it was meant to be. But I mean... I oh god look you just described the program in terms which are entirely correct but at the same time are a major misrepresentation because there is a way in which somebody could think that this was competent and funny and I mean look I, I, we I briefly mentioned this before we went on air but the, the the actual video itself on YouTube starts like at the very end of a sketch. So you, I missed the pre-joke. It's like the pre-titles joke. My notes say, missed pre-joke, probably racist. And I think yeah. it was uh, Dustin, it was Dustin G dressed as a policeman doing a Red Indian impersonation. And... So I, oh, so I don't know, you know, what the rest of that sketch was, but like I say, you know, it wasn't a good start. Um, and then, of course, he no. comes out after the opening titles, and the fuck's going on with his hair? 
He may well have been 43 well. years old when he died, but the colour of his hair most definitely was not. There were some very bouffant hairstyles, and I don't know if you noticed, but both of their jackets were of the type where they've been cut so that you can roll up the sleeves. Yes, yes. Which was obvious. That was all that mattered to anyone who wore oh, a jacket Well, of course it was, because this is, this is when Miami Vice had just landed. So oh, it's like John, Don Johnson is the actual archetype of what every single man from the age of 30 to 73 should look like. And and Les and Dustin very much run that gamut. Um, they, I mean, the first thing they go on to is like a Margaret Thatcher joke. And I didn't get it. <laughs> well, the, I think the joke is that, that uh, Dustin turns Margaret Thatcher off, as, as one might. And Margaret picks up her own remote control and, and turns the TV back oh, on. Oh, is that what it was? Oh, right. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Now, this is, of course, an end-of-year programme. So they're sort of dealing with the stuff that's gone on during the year. Um, And I think this is the weakness, and this is why I don't particularly relish impressionist comedy. Mm. Whatever has happened during the year, whatever material the writers have been able to come up with, has to be shot through a certain number of prisms. Mm. And those prisms are, what would Larry Grayson make of this? What what would Russell Hart... Now, I'm going to be honest. Dustin G, probably a superior impersonator to... Uh, yeah, Liz well, Dennis. yeah. I, I mean, Liz Dennis has basically got one voice, hasn't he? And it's the Mavis Wilton voice. Everybody knows it. There's no point beating around the bush. It's the, it's the, it's the Mavis Wilton voice. It's the one that he can kind of do, and it's very, very funny because she's a woman and he's not. And it pops up at the end in the final sketch, and he does the Mavis Wilton voice, and he doesn't really know, and there is a literal round of applause. Oh, God, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, we'll come back to this sketch because it is like, I think it is the kind of like the show has been building to that moment. Of the opening duologue, obviously, I mean, Larry Grayson and Russell Harty are very capable impersonations, but have no particular relevance. David Essex, the impression thereof is one of those impressions where the impressionist had to say, I'm yeah, David well, Essex. Right. Okay, let me just... Uh, he didn't say I'm David. He actually said David Essex here. Um, <laughs> to which... I mean... I mean, firstly... <laughs> yeah, I wrote that down. Firstly, oh, why? Why do an impersonation of David Essex? It would have been easier to just get David Essex. It would definitely have been easier to get Jimmy Cricket well, Jesus Christ, or fucking mighty. When we both initially tried to watch this programme, that was what stopped both of us in our tracks. I can't I can't tolerate this. What I said to you at the time, <laughs> I put this in my notes this evening, because it is the only thing that I am prepared to say about this about this impersonation. Why didn't they just hire Jimmy Cricket instead? Oh, absolutely. I mean, the thing is, he would have sounded like Jimmy Cricket. Uh, he would have done similar, if not better, yeah, material, yeah. and and there wouldn't have been this enormous feeling of being shortchanged by a half-assed impersonation of Jimmy. Yeah, Craig. and then there's the worst Arkwright impersonation I've 
ever heard. Well, that's a school playground thing. He just lapsed into that, didn't he? And and then they're both going off at the same time. Both <laughs> doing impersonations at the same time. And it's just I I don't know. What what are you doing? Is that it was was that oh, Max God. Bygraves? Was did I did I hear a hint of Max Bygraves in there? I maybe I did. I can see Max Bygraves coming out of Dustin G. There was a Bob Gelder. And Gelder-off then there was a Bob well, Gelder. Because obviously Live Live yeah. Aid. Had, can you guess uh, what he said, listeners? Take a guess. Take a guess <laughs> of what he said as as Bob Gelder. <laughs> we'll wait. We'll wait. We'll put it in at the end and you see can see if you were right. You right. Here's a clue. You will be. You yeah. were right, yeah. Can we discuss the stand-up comedy stylings of Roy Walker? Well, in a moment, because I want to go back to... Um, I want to go back quickly to Dustin G, who dressed as a woman, dancing. Uh, with a back of her, And I didn't even know who that was, again. Was it supposed no, to be Bette Midler? I think it might have been Bette Midler. It was, I th- I'm sure it was meant to be someone... I assume well, it was. I don't know why anybody no would walk idea. on stage and dress as a woman and sing like that, unless it was a pers- an, an impersonation. No. I mean, it's a it's a feather in the cap of Les Dennis. I mean, at least at least he said David Essex here. But he didn't say Bet. <laughs> ah, hi, Bet Midler here, and then launch into a terrible impersonation. <laughs> then... uh, I mean, the only I, I wrote <laughs> I wrote during that I got down in my notes here. It says. Um, this must surely all have been rehearsed. <laughs> because there's a point in it where he's he's dancing like he's having electroconvulsive therapy. And there is no <laughs> yeah. explanation given for why he's dancing like that. No explanation given for, for who he's doing an impersonation of. It's just Dustin G dressed as a woman in a blonde wig and singing badly and dancing like a lunatic. And I just... Yeah. There you go. I'm a maniac, maniac, that's for sure. And I'm dancing like I've never danced before. That's the stuff. Because then you've got a 3D radio sketch in which the audience... Oh, the special effects radio. Yeah, a special effects radio. In which the audience, I think, actually becomes hysterical there is one woman's voice who you can you can hear it rising above all the rest of them and i'm i'm sitting watching it 35 years on thinking i don't know maybe i should call an ambulance doesn't sound as if anyone else is going to and she's i'll tell you who else was amused by it and that's the um performers themselves were they were clearly they were clearly having trouble getting through how funny well because the thing is that any with any sketch of that nature it's a one-shot job you've only got one chance otherwise he's got to go off get himself cleaned up they've got to get the stage cleaned up the machine cleaned up go back and it's do true. it again you've got to do, and for all we know they'd been up 14 hours recording it. This is take 372. <laughs> and, you know, yeah. Les Dennis hasn't seen his family for two and a half weeks. And, uh, and Les Dennis has been trying to squirt tomato ketchup in Dustin yeah, Jean's and the eye laughter for is a month. The cold, dead, blank-eyed <laughs> laughter of the of the actually hysterical. The actually, this is. I'm I'm not laughing because I think this is funny. I'm laughing because this is the only noise I can make. This is my body cannot. If if I didn't do this, <laughs> I would be in yeah, a fetal yeah, position, yeah. just yeah, wailing. Exactly. 
But anyway, Roy Walker. Um, fucking Roy Walker. Hell. Fucking hell, Roy Walker. Yeah. Um, what a turn well, this let, is. Well, let's just. I mean, uh, uh, I mean, I, uh, I've got a list. Uh, I've got an itemized list. I think the 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 other thing that I've got is a time, which is three minutes and twenty two seconds. That's how long he's on for. Into that, <laughs> and in that three minutes twenty two, he manages to be anti Semitic, anti Russian, anti communist, anti communist. He insinuates that all Italians are yep. cowards. He doesn't insinuate. He basically says it out loud. <laughs> says it out loud. He says Joan Collins is a yep. old a whore. Yep. Um, and the Argentinians are all... Just just losers. Useless, just losers. Losers. Basically, yeah. Three minutes, 22 seconds. That's... Um, hang on a minute. Let me just have a quick count. Up. Thank you very much indeed, ladies and gentlemen. I wasn't supposed to be on the show this week. We were supposed to have an Eskimo vocalist on. I have a Jewish fellow lives next door to me. He's nosy. The bad news is the Russians have just landed on the moon. I don't like communists. Those French are funny. Have you seen that new Italian flag? Americans, they've got a sense of humour. What about that Joan Collins, eh? I read in the paper this morning, you know, Argentinian rifles for sale. Good night. I don't know how many communists there are in the world not many how many <laughs> russians are there in the world that's easier to calculate oh, 145 million okay so that's um <laughs> just just figuring out how many people he's um i've just got alienated. 575 million i've done look <laughs> i'm typing how many jews are there into google <laughs> I know. Oh Jesus! Christ. I think there was. It says 14.6 million. That's a very, that's a very, uh, a very specific number. Okay, um, fair enough. So I would make that it was 430, 595, million people, plus yeah, all the other women. Yeah, and and the ten thousand men. That Joan Collins. Oh well, and Joan Collins, yeah. But no, I mean it's 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 around just under <laughs> six hundred million people offended in three minutes and twenty two seconds, and that's if you exclude women. If you add women, it's you know probably well what half of that two hundred ninety five million. Uh, well, they've been offended. Now you see this. This is where the snowflakes wouldn't wouldn't like what? it. And it's also where I, I, I didn't realise like that being a snowflake isn't such a well, bad thing. If if I'm a snowflake, then colour me snowflake because that shit was shit. It was it was terrible. It was just it it. And the thing is that because of his delivery style, it sounds like he means yeah. it. Yeah, there is a nastiness. He's too deadpan. You can't be that deadpan if you're doing a racism. I mean, the very, 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 very least you should do if you're doing a racism in comedy is be chucklesome with it. Because then you can fall back on the, oh, well, you know, we're just all laugh at everybody else. Defence. It's a shit defence. It's a really shit defence. But it is a defence. Lousy, but if you, quizzling. But if you just walk onto a stage like Roy Walker and go, um, I'll tell you what I hate about the Irish. And, 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 and it's like, you know, and it's like, oh, he really means that. Go, oh my God. You know, just imagine going to France with Roy Walker. 
Do you imagine his face when if they bought him some French food in a restaurant? Oh god, it's such fucking shit. Shit is such bullshit. It then moves on. They then move on to a milk tray pastiche in which it is strongly suggested that Les Dennis might be a sex offender. Well, yeah, but actually, you could possibly interpret that as being quite woke, where, you know, what what they're saying there is that, you know, the woman has the sus to realise that, you know, what he's up to. She cracks him over the head with a box of milk tray. There you go. Fair Sorry, enough. spoiler alert. Uh, my favourite bit in the thing is was the next sketch. What, the bit with the cucumber? Um, the bit with the cucumber. That lasted but it does... 10 seconds. Exa- well, yeah. Oh, is that why? Is that why it was the best bit? Yeah, possibly. But it does hinge on Dustin G saying, I like cucumber. It slips down so easily, which no one has ever said. Why would anyone say that about cucumber? Fair. Ap- apart from if there w- happened to be a... Yeah, man-sized cucumber walking yeah. past the table. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I thought the best joke came in that medieval thing with with Barry with actual Barry Cryer in it. They insinuate that Maid Marian is a sex worker, and then note that her telephone number is Camelot sixty nine sixty nine. And is that that was your favourite bit? Anybody who knows me. <laughs> Oh no, fully well, that 69 is the funniest number. So I did laugh at that, but probably not entirely for the reasons that they were laughing at. It was 13.55. The archers had just finished. In a field outside Aylesbury, a peasant called Barrett was building his first home and waiting for somebody to invent the helicopter. Nearby, a serf was inventing washing powder. And in the pens, a nobleman called Sinclair had perfected a revolutionary mode of personal transport. It was the first vehicle in history with a fifth wheel which he was wont proudly to demonstrate. See? Five. And so it was known the length and breadth of the land as the Sinclair C5. But none of this need concern us, for it has absolutely nothing to do with our tale, which is about two bold nights and three days, and the quest for the key. You do get the feeling that everyone in the writer's room has sat down and gone, right, just come up with every possible joke you can do about the Middle Ages. Why was he, why was he riding a donkey? Because it's funny. But it uh, but it wasn't. It was a really big donkey as well, so it kind of looked the same size as a horse. It looked as though they'd sent somebody to a stable. And the per- bloke had got to the stable, opened the stable door, and there's a horse and a donkey. Same size. Yeah. And he's like, oh, this is more, diffi- this is more difficult face-to-face than I thought it would be. And he's ended up going horse-donkey, 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 and eventually <laughs> spin-a-coin. And he's picked the wrong one. Yes. Yeah. Well, they've got every joke. I mean, there's a man called Barrett who's building a house. There's a man called Sinclair who oh, yeah. has come up with a five-wheeled car, yeah, they, which yeah, is they a slip in a C5. Yeah, they slip in a C5 joke. You know, every single joke that you could possibly ring. And I mean, really, really, they're really ringing that flannel dry. 
So if they did do that as a continued series, I honestly don't know where they're going to go. With yeah. And there was one one bit of it where Les Dennis, who's not on a horse, yeah, uh, he's sort of dragging behind as the um, the knight's manservant, treads in a cow pat, and you know that episode of The Simpsons where they say that horses don't look like horses on um, film, and you have to tape a bunch of cats together. Yeah, I think they've used a very similar approach with that cow pat because that was like no cow pat I've ever seen. Mm. And I think that someone has said, uh, if you put an actual cow pat on telly, it doesn't look like a cow pat. So what you've got to do is get a bunch of dog shits. Take 28 dog shits. <laughs> stick get them together. Get to tread in them. And yeah. then fall over and like, yeah. Oh, it's, it's, it's a bit I mean, by the time they got to the um, the Mick Jagger and David Bowie impersonation. Oh, yes. Passed it in the street. Yeah, I was basically just laughing uncontrollably. Um, <laughs> not, not, at the, not, at the, not at them, obviously. Not, you know. not with them. i tell you what I was laughing. I was laughing at the memory of the original video to that song. Because the, it's, the, the, it's obviously it's a rip-off of the Dancing in the Street video. Absolutely. Except it's past it in the street because, you know, because they're really old. Note to self, yeah. Mick Jagger was younger in 1985 than I am now. Um, yeah. And, and if, in fact, I think he might have been younger in 1985 than Dustin G. <laughs> he's full-blooded. <laughs> full Dusted. I can see how he had such a massive heart attack. I'll put it that way. If his if his Mick Jagger dancing is anything to go by, then uh, you can you, you kind of start to get an idea for how that might have come about. And, yeah, he, and le- he wasn't leaving anything on the table. He wasn't was he? leaving anything on the table, and I've got a bit of time for that. You know, if somebody is just, I'm going for it. <laughs> Fuck's given zero. I'm going for it. He, he he went for it. Yeah, but like I say, the original video to that song, and I can't believe there's anybody in the world who hasn't seen it. If you haven't seen it, just go to YouTube now. Do it now. Pause this podcast. Do it now and just search for uh, Mick Jagger and David Bowie dancing in the street. And, you know, it's one of the great pop videos. Um, yeah. So if you've got something that is that intrinsically funny, which leads me to believe that perhaps people in 1985 didn't believe that video was as funny as we do now. I don't... Well, it's quite possible. I don't remember. Hey, Mavis, what's wrong with our blank? <laughs> yeah, I'm really nervous. 
ever been here nearly three weeks, he hasn't said two words to me. No. I'm not so sure it's such a good idea. <laughs> you and me being in Dynasty. Um, don't be so sure they need the glamour. I mean, Joan Collins can't go on forever, can she? No. She's having a damn good try, though. <laughs> and then, of course, after that, um, they're on to the... the Dynasty. Dynasty Street. Dynasty Coronation Street hybrid, which has clearly only been thrown together so that Les Absolutely. Dennis can do his Mavis impersonation. And yeah, as you mentioned earlier... The audience are straight in there in hysterics, and they he they gets a huge what round of applause just for going. Well, I don't really know. Yeah, that's pretty good. That I, I thought mine was better, to be honest. <laughs> and um, yeah, where's my standing ovation, Carter? Dustin G was also quite well known for his Vera Duckworth impersonate and, 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 and I admire that because I get the feeling that he would have had to retrofit it to the fact that Les Dennis could do one impression and he's just gone right well who can I do an impression of in Coronation Street I'll have to <laughs> I'll have to see and come up with Vera Duckworth hmm. um, more dynasty more Joan Collins jabs well, um, I mean, that's, you know, it's, it's, I, I mean, I do tend to think that comedy that is based entirely around, oh, this is the stuff that you see on TV now, <laughs> is kind of lazy, you know. Yeah. It, it's like, and if you're going to do something with it, if you're going to take this and run with it, then you've at least got to do something interesting with it. You know, and there's nothing in that particular show, that particular performance, which didn't just come straight off the end of a pier, up to and including right at the very end. And they come out wearing fucking tuxedos to say goodbye. <laughs> What are you wearing a tuxedo for? What a waste of money. <laughs> Christ almighty, somebody's going to have to dry clean that and you've worn that for 30 seconds. Unless there's, you know, unless they're off to a formal engagement that starts like 10 minutes after the end of recording and they've just got a taxi waiting outside with the engine running. Dustin G died a few days after this was first broadcast and I'm very conscious of that and um, you will also be aware of how kind of reticent I can be to speak ill of the dead I'm a bit weird about that sort of thing it's one of the very few ways in which I'm very old-fashioned is that I don't wish death upon people and I don't often speak ill of the dead and so watching that program I was like I really kind of, or maybe not watching it, but in a few days beforehand or whatever, thinking to myself, well, I hope I find something to like in this uh, from his performance because, um, you know, he died really young. But when you go, when I went back and actually sat down and watched it, um, like I say, he was 
I, I, I enjoyed the Mick Jagger, but probably not for the reasons that I should have enjoyed it. And I do think he's probably funnier than Les Dennis. But other than that, I'm out. I think I think that's it. And it's really difficult when you you know you pick this bloody episode a few days before he died, and it's like you know. Oh. The only thing that's made you know the only thing that's allowing me to say this now is well, thirty five years on, I don't think anybody's going to be turning around and saying too soon. But it. It is nice. It's because I was uh, I was five in 1985, and you know by the time Dustin G died, I'd never heard of him. And it had absolutely no appearance on my radar at all. So it's nice that I can put a face to the name and actually have seen him in action in his doing his thing. Yeah, I'm glad that I've that I've that I've seen him doing his thing. Um but I'm also not disappointed that I won't be seeing it again. <laughs> Does that sound unfair? I don't think that's. Uh, I don't think so. I mean, you know, uh, apart from the fact that we'll probably both be on YouTube later on watching another episode of this. Just I will for pure matter. I won't actually. I'm going to move Absolute on to the. Masochism. I'm going to move on to the next one. I tell you what we should do actually is we should tell the listeners what the next one, what tomorrow's one is going to be. That's a, probably a good idea. And that way they can they can join in, they can listen first. Yeah. You know? So um tomorrow's I'm just gonna get the spreadsheet open. Cause yeah, there's a spreadsheet. Mm. Uh it's a, it's a blue day tomorrow. There are blue is. days and pink days and yeah. uh it's a blue day, which means it's one of Ian's days tomorrow. Tom- yeah, tomorrow it's Calendar Goes Pop from 1980. I've got absolutely no idea what to expect. but Well, there'll be a link to it in the post. I'll put a link to both of them up. Today's, tomorrow's. And um, there will be a link to it and you can find out for yourself what Calendar Goes Pop is. Um, my tiny little... Um, uh, sp- uh, not spoiler is it a spoiler teaser it's a teaser um, is that Calendar was at the time uh, Yorkshire TV's r- local regional news programme oh lord their 6 o'clock kind of news programme so okay. that gives you a vague idea a little a little whiff of the direction in which we're headed uh, I haven't seen it myself yet you know, I haven't. I've made sure that I'm that any of these that I haven't seen previously, I'm not going to watch them until kind of getting on for the same point that you do. Mm. So uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna watch this a bit later on tonight, and <laughs> uh, and uh, we, we'll see what effect that has on me. Well, I mean, just thinking about it has made my arsehole heal up. There's a whole other conversation to be had there. <laughs> we haven't even started the lockdown yet. Not the time of re- at the time of recording this, we are unlocked down. I know, and we're I could doing go this. And I could go and run around in the street if I wanted to. I could go and do a bloody Mick Jagger impersonation in the <laughs> middle of the street if I wanted to right now, and no one could arrest me. <laughs> From Thursday, mm. it's essential Jagger impersonations only. <laughs> 
Thank you, <laughs> oh god, yeah. Get everyone be out on um, Tuesdays. Yeah, Applau- applauding, <laughs> applauding the jagged three, three little claps with your hands on one side. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Anyway, 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 I've got a home to go to, and so have you. Um, we'll be back tomorrow again with Calendar Goes Pop. Uh, in the meantime, thanks awfully for listening, and uh, we'll see you again uh, tomorrow night. Okay. Bye-bye. concerts on television and I overheard this on the bus the other day. Just give me your money right. There's lots of you sitting inside and there's all of you on the top deck and all we're saying is dip into your pockets and give us your money. We need your furs so don't just sit there. Let's have your money. I don't want to see your bus passes. I don't care how old you is. Just give us your money right now. Big money.